Welcome to the best of sold-out sports talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Today's show will feature interviews with sports comedian Frank Caliendo, Brian Kilmeade of Fox News, and three-time Super Bowl champ Roman Pfeiffer. And be sure to tune in next week, Saturday, February 3rd, for the Sold Out Sports Talk Super Bowl 52 special. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Frank Caliendo here with us. Yeah, I, I was there at Fox for nine years. I know years, you were. So people, I, that's, I think about that, too. All the weeks with Terry Brasser going, that was not funny, Frank. And now it's Chris Berman going, that was uh, not funny, Frank. You know, so, uh, no, he's he's been very good about it. But, uh, yeah, at ESPN, I find that it's a lot of, um, it works a lot more about making fun of the ESPN stuff and personalities like John Gruden. Like People tell me, they're like, hey, he's the new John Madden. I'm like, no, no, no. John Gruden's the opposite of John Madden. John Madden tells you stuff you already know. He'd say, hey, that guy's got mud on his jersey. Yeah, I know. I'm watching. <laughs> Gruden's more like Dennis Miller. Remember when Dennis Miller would do that thing? Where uh, he would go on a reference. He'd be like, that's like Anand Khashoggi waiting in line at the Matterhorn at Disney World. You're yeah, like, what's what? it, well, you know what's scary about that, though, is he does it on O'Reilly on a straight news show, which <laughs> is really scary. Well, it's, I love when he does that, when he does the, uh, when he starts to laugh and goes, hey, Billy, <laughs> Billy. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about, Billy. <laughs> That's a great one. And uh, O'Reilly loves them, too. They're, oh, they yeah. Do those, they travel the country doing some kind of... Come on, Miller. Thing. Come on, Miller. I mean, Billy, was that Frank Lutz or what? <laughs> now, now, last year, when I got with you, you were working on some of the ESPN guys. You were kind of honing some things. Yeah. So what were you doing? Where, where are we at now with that? Uh, there's always... It's, it depends. I mean, Adam Schefter's gotten really big. Uh, Give me a little Adam. Well, he's one of those an NFL insider, and sometimes yeah. they don't have the information, but they got to come up, they got to do a report. So, like, according to my sources, at this particular time, it appears Tom Brady's yawn during pregame warmups was, in fact, just a yawn. And earlier reports that there was some sort of oxygen deprivation disorder were highly exaggerated. If you need any more information, I'll be right here in front of my bookcase with any information. Frank, you know what's great about Adam, though, is when you talk to him personally, you get him aside. He's exactly like that. If exactly. You if, if you don't talk to him exactly about something that's football that, that he knows exactly, he will tell you. Well, I, I went up to him the other day, and I, and I said, what do you think about Pete Carroll, the Seahawks coach? And I was saying, you know, he seems to have a great passion, and his players really respond. He goes, I really don't know him that well. <laughs> and, that, that, and I thought, you cover the NFL 24 hours a day. I asked him where he was uh, one time. He said, I'm at the doctor's office in the fourth seat from the left. Like, no, I, what city are you in? <laughs> now, how about Tom Jackson? Have you ever given him a try? No, I haven't done a Tom Jackson. I mean, Coach uh, Ditko, of course. Yeah, Ditko's guy. He's just chewing the gum. i got to be honest with you. I'm not even sure where we're at right now, Gabriel. I've been, I've been trying to figure it out, and then slowly it becomes new host. <laughs> you can't talk about football, and that's what it's all about. Can, you, I know you do Chris Carter. I love Chris uh, Carter. Only a little bit. You I mean, did, you did something one, uh, one time. Those, those guys laughed up so hard. One all day. those, hey, know. boom. That's what they all do. It's like uh, Chris Berman starts the show, that, and it's like everybody's messing with, like, what do you got from ECC? Hey, boom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you're going to do 11 characters pregame yeah. on ESPN, 11 a.m. 
Uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Eastern time. Yeah. So we're going to see 11. Are we going to see by new or these? Yeah, there's four new ones. All right. Four new Are ones. Are you going to like uh, give a hint of at least who it might be? Uh, I can tell you there's some NFL coach coaches. There's uh-huh. some ESPN personalities. Those are the new ones. Oh, I got you. Okay. There's a couple things in there. This ought to be good. Now, one, have you ever seen John Gruden when he brings in the quarterbacks for his show where he spends eight yeah. hours grilling them in his office camp, down? Man. Yeah, quarterback camp. Give me a little quarterback camp. I'll tell you what, Andrew, look, tell me a little bit about spider through why banana, man. I, are you trying to tell me you know about more about spider through why banana than I do? Come on, Andrew. That's not going to happen right here. <laughs> he did one with Russell Wilson two years ago where he said, you know, he was talking to him about West Coast offense. He said, oh, yeah, that play, I built a screen door with that. We built a screen yeah, door in our yeah. house with that. I'll tell you what, man, here's another situation. Russell Wilson. Are you too small to play, man? I don't even think you could get on all the rides at Disney World, man. Get up to the front of the line, and they don't even allow you on anymore. I'll tell you what, Russell Wilson, you're not tall enough to be quarterback, are you? So, so are you gonna? Are you gonna? I think you did characters. You dressed up a little bit a few years ago. Are you gonna do that? Are we gonna get see you do That's that? That's what this year? is. The whole thing. Yep, eleven. So everybody. So is this like mm-hmm. a is this like a, a skit or some sort yeah, of story? Yeah, it's a, it's a sketch. It? It's a okay, sketch. good, good. It's a thirty for thirty parody. Last year was awesome. What did I do last year? I you did... you were down at New Orleans. Oh yeah, with Groot. That was pretty Gruden. good. Yeah, it turned yeah with the good. kids. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's a uh, ESPN to do a little bit more of a variety of type of stuff. So it's been a lot of fun being there. I know, you know, thing. Frank. All the stuff that you've done in the past, this has got to be a great gig because, you know, the NFL is so big in this country. Well, it's uh, big, and plus I don't have to do try and do stuff every week. Yeah. That's the thing that kills you. Like, I, I just don't have – it's just hard because you got to talk about football every week. And there's just not enough new jokes, in my right, opinion, right. to do it. So I do stuff every couple, few weeks, and it works out pretty well. Now, are you performing anywhere soon? Uh, all over the place. Uh, North Carolina, Comedy Zone. I'm playing. Well, wait a minute. Where are you going to be in North Carolina? Comedy Zone. In – Raleigh or Charlotte? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Wait a minute. You get when we get off. You gotta give me the dates. I live on Boone, right outside. There. Okay. I, yeah, I think Bill Polian's coming down too. Yeah, I'd love to get my uh, my wife come down. We'll check yeah. you out. Yeah, it's uh, it's next weekend. It's next Friday and Saturday. Awesome. Comedy awesome. Zone. Yeah, I, I'm a North Carolina guy, so I'm really looking forward to it. I, I was surprised to find out there's four NC State guys on Seattle's team. Oh really? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Russ P. Carroll actually coached, and I I thought I knew everything about NC State. He he started and coached at NC State in college, which I had no idea. No, I didn't know that. My wife didn't either. My dad went to state, you know, played there, played football there, and huh. went to you know with the Rams for 17 years. Yeah. So we're kind of state guys. So I'm kind of happy for Russell Wilson. What do you think about the game? I'm gonna go with Peyton Manning, man. Yeah. I think that he's uh, in Gruden voice. I think he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna win this one. He can finally quit his second job at the pizza place, man. Yep, Papa John's, Papa John's. Can you do Manning at all? No, no. It's he, kind, he of, has kind of a Midwest Southern. Yeah, it's a little thing. Elvis. There's a little Elvis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. A little something. And, and when he and when he kind of gives that look that he gives, where he'll kind of look out of the, he'll kind of. Yeah. He, his forehead kind of creases a little bit. <laughs> I've covered him for for since I think the year first interview I ever did with him, he was coming out of college. Right. And what's funny is people will ask, well, when he was like 19, he must have been a lot, a lot more interesting. I said <laughs> he basically was a 19 year old what he is now. Yeah. I mean, really. very little information, very to the cuff, very cleaned up. Not That's not a funny. whole. He's just so guarded. Uh, so, what do you think about uh, Russell Wilson, man? Have you had a chance to? Be around him or see him at all? Me or uh, John Gruden or yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll tell you what. I love Russell Wilson. I don't care if you're tiny like that man. Adam Ant was small too, and that guy, he could take on the entire universe, man. 
Now, do, do you get an opportunity to spend time at ESPN talking and getting to know some of these guys, some of the guys, you know, like Berman and TC yeah. and all those guys? Yeah. What's that been like for they're you? They're great. I mean, they're all good. They're, they're, it's a different element for them to have me around. Yeah. So, uh, you keep them on your toes, probably. Yeah, probably. Make them, make, make them everybody clean up. <laughs> I got a special guy coming in because he's uh, kind of dual threat, man. Government stuff. He loves the history. He's got a new book. He got, he got all the sports covered at Fox. Brian Kilmey coming in with us and sold out. How you doing? Good, doing great. It's an opportunity for New York to host something. They're usually in the center of things, but I never thought they'd get a Super Bowl. So I have an opportunity to bring uh, my radio show down here. It's been, as you know, it's been great. Hey, you know what's great about New York is you never think that you're going to get, like you said, up to a cold Super Bowl. But this might work out well. I'm really glad that the weather's going to be a good Sunday because if it goes off well, maybe they'll do something like this again. Maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm curious because... The argument for it would be now, hey, you said Atlanta was all right. Look at the ice storm that right. hit there. No, and Jacksonville was okay, but they got slammed if it was there. Dallas. And Dallas was supposed to be great, and they got they got unseasonable weather. Does that mean Dallas doesn't deserve another one? If it's ju- if it, New York just has 39 degrees, a little bit colder than usual, then they, they probably have a pretty good argument to bring it back. Well, 44 is summertime here at this time of year, right? You guys are usually, what, in the 30s or 25? Absolutely, or, yeah. Well, no precip- precipitation. That was my concern is is they can handle rain or snow, but wind is a problem. So no wind. Peyton Manning should be in pretty good shape, and everybody shouldn't be affected by the weather, which I think everybody was hoping for. Right. You know, Seattle did come here about a month ago, and they did extremely well. And it was a cold day. I was at the game. And they felt very comfortable. That I think that's going to help a lot. Denver played the Giants. Uh, I believe they were at home, so that's not going to help. But in the in the long run, I think that Seattle wins this game. I'm with you. I I think it's going to be close. Uh, but I just I just think that Denver hasn't seen a defense like this. San Diego and New England weren't very good in the secondary, and I think. Seattle's just so good in the secondary. And they, it's like Pete Carroll was saying the other day. They don't hide anything. They just come out, this is what we're going to play, and we're going to hope you, you can beat us physically, then try to beat us. Because they got the better athletes. Exactly. They work well together. They're all in their 20s, young 20s. So they look pretty dangerous. They're, you know, being around them too, long, lean, guys that really, really can give you problems. And I think the more Peyton Manning has to throw the ball, I think the whole key with Seattle is when they get ahead, they're awful tough to beat. Right. Tell me, tell me about your experiences here so far this week with Fox and uh, just like you said, being, having a New York Super Bowl. I mean, having uh, Roger Stallback come over, Archie Manning's been through, and we've had uh, a great roster of guests come by even uh, in the radio show, and it's been unbelievable. So it's been uh, three shows, six hours, and just a ton of people uh, in and around the business. What's the biggest challenge for you, Brian, when you're as multitasking like you are? I mean, radio, you're doing Fox and Friends, you're doing The Five, which I watch. Uh, what, what's the biggest challenge for a guy like you when, when you're doing it with somebody where you've got so much exposure and so much opportunity? Uh, you know what? I'm just curious. I'm curious about sports. I don't go in presumpting as if I know everything. I don't know everything about history. I don't know everything about politics. But I like to establish the story and then give my opinion. And if you want to challenge my opinion, I like that. So, And then what happens is as you interview people and they gain you trust, then they also give you additional information. So you go to the table, uh, maybe like a lot of sports insiders, saying, wow, I actually know the defensive secondary coach. I know exactly how they're playing Peyton Manning. I actually talked to Peyton's father. I know exactly how he's feeling. He trusted me enough to say it. So I think it's developing your sources, developing trust, and and then you just try to get better and better each year. I've always wondered because I've been a follower of Fox ever since it came on, and one of the things that I find interesting is 
is the relationships that you guys have down there that people kind of see that it, to me it looks like a, pretty, a family of people is that is that true to, to form in terms of behind the scenes a, a, yeah. a, a closeness to the group yeah I mean no everyone knows if you have one bad show you say one bad thing unless it's egregious you got to be able to go play the next day so it's an it's an organization that says I rather point out the three things you do good and the one thing you do bad and they did it from '97 when I joined and they still they got we became number one. Uh, 10, 11 years ago, and it hasn't changed. The hardest thing to see, it's much harder staying on top. Every little every little tick downwards, people say, there it goes. Here's the free fall. But thankfully, it hasn't happened yet. Brian Kilmeade, Fox. I tell you what, one of the things uh, that you got to be thinking, because everybody loves sports. Most people love politics. Most people love entertainment. It's got to be just a great amount of fun for you to be able to cover, like you said, all of those things and have an opportunity to be a part of something that oh, you yeah. get to do a little bit of everything. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're going to do a recap of the game, but it's most important. Everyone's going to recap the game. But I love the fact that we could build the sound, we could build the stories before, so we'll be on the field on Sunday and, and Saturday we'll be outside the field. But we'll be able to talk about where the game's going, be able to bring your own texture to it, feel like a sports guy. But then on Monday, I'm telling you, Monday the story will be in the A block. And then we're moving on. Yeah. You know, it's State of the Union lasted one day. Super Bowl lasts one day. There's always something and then you in turn 24-hour the news. Yeah. Well, tell me about this new book you got, George. It's about George Washington or about well, surround, people surrounding him. Yeah, it's George Washington's Secret Six, the story of the spy ring that saved the American Revolution. And if you look at the revolution past the point where we were all did, is this going to be on the test? If not, I don't have to know <laughs> it. And then you think to yourself, wait a second, let's repaint the picture. Well, we decide we've had it, you know, with the stamp tax, with the Boston Tea Party, with the uh, Boston Massacre. We just don't want our freedom. We don't want to be taxed to death. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. So we're going to stand up and fight back. The British go, are you kidding me? They're going to fight back. We're the superpower. You're going to, we're going to suppress you quick. But out comes Bunker Hill. Then comes uh, uh, another Battle of Boston. And the British say, yeah, we won, but uh, these guys are here to stay. We meet in New York for the last time we'd really square off with them, and the British almost destroyed Washington's army. He knew he can't win the war unless he gets New York back, but he doesn't have the firepower to get New York back. What does he do? He sets up a spy ring, and that spy ring worked for three years over, uh, over 100 missions, and they were able to get inside behind enemy lines, which was New York City, uh, pretend to be loyalists, and with encryption and visible ink, and it's very sophisticated even for, back, even yeah. for today, they were able to break down the British and anticipate their moves before they even knew it. And they were able to unwind plots like the Benedict Arnold attempt to overthrow West Point uh, to the British. And he was pretending to be an American uh, patriot. He was really going to, the, going to the king. And just as before he was able to do that, they were able to uncover it through the spy ring. They were able to find out that they, the spies were able to find out the British knew the French who were going to enter at Rhode Island. George Washington was able to thwart that because of what the spies were able to do. And they lived and died and didn't want any acclaim. They wanted to be anonymous. And uh, they have a nondescript graves. Their pictures are all the graves and pictures in the book. The sketches are in the book. Wow. And I just thought I could shed a light on it. And thankfully, it's, uh, it's been top 10 for 12 weeks. You're listening to a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with former Patriots linebacker and three-time Super Bowl champ Roman Pfeiffer. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Won three Super Bowls with the New England Patriots from 2001 to 2004. Considered to be one of the best football teams in NFL history. 
uh, was a St. Louis and L.A. Ram from 91 to 98, played at the University of California, Los Angeles, where I grew up, UCLA Bruin, and uh, also from Charlotte area in the Mecklenburg area where he was a standout uh, athlete there as well. And um, he and I have known each other for a little bit. We share the same name. That's why I'm the original RG3 today for you. As we, um, you know, you need to tell this audience because we, you know, obviously – uh, they know a little bit about my dad and my family. What was the deal, man? Why why were you named after my father? Well, it, it's kind of ironic that um, I grew up here in uh, North Carolina. My dad did, actually. The big Roman Gabriel fan, uh, obviously, 1968, the year I was born. Uh, Roman Gabriel was playing for the Los Angeles Rams, and my dad, and him being from uh, North Carolina State, attending North Carolina State, my dad was a big fan of his. So even though there are probably a lot of other kids out there named after your dad, named Roman, um, I'm the one that ended up actually playing for the Rams. So that's what really made it kind of ironic. And then I really I got the pleasure of meeting your dad while I was playing for the Los Angeles Rams. And so that was really exciting for me. But my, my dad was really a big fan of his and thought it was a, a masculine name. He was a big time player a, a big guy a guy of big stature and my dad really thought hey i'd like to have a son like roman gabriel well i want to tell you I something am. man there are no other romans that played for the los angeles rams too and there are no other romans that won three super bowls including my dad roman so so congratulations <laughs> for all your success and to try to do that the new england patriots of course uh, always in the hunt even in this day of free agency, they never seem to be out of the opportunity. Of course, when you have a great quarterback like Tom Brady surrounded by so many really good football players, uh, you're going to be in the hunt. And, of course, uh, this guy, Roman Pfeiffer, knows all about that. Um, one of the things that misnomer that a lot of uh, people have about the Patriots is that, you know, Tom Brady's kind of has this movie star mentality. You know, people think that, you know, he's married to Michelle Bunch, who's in who's – incredible model and he's out in the public he does commercials and he's kind of got that clean cut you know cool look and it goes kind of against the the lunch pail mentality but you know about the lunch pail mentality in terms that tom brady really has right that's right um tom you know he's probably as good a guy as he is a, a quarterback and, and i saying a lot he comes from a good family uh humble beginnings i mean as you know uh during that 2001 run um Bledsoe was hurt, and Tom Brady kind of emerged. Uh, no one really knew, you know, who he was and what to expect. And you know, here he ended up winning the Super Bowl for us uh, that year uh, against the Rams. So, you know, Tom knows what it's like to to start from humble beginnings. He hasn't lost touch with reality. He's still a good guy. He, um, you know, he treats everyone the same, and he's all about winning. And he's a guy that comes in early and he stays late. He works just as hard as anyone, and so. All the success that he's having, he, you know, he's really worked hard for it. Roman Pfeiffer, a former Super Bowl champion, three times with the New England Patriots. And, Roman, we have a mutual friend who does a great job for the New England Patriots. He was an excellent special teams player and linebacker, uh, has been the chaplain for a long time for the Patriots. And I remember when we did our movie on you all uh, back, I covered all three of your Super Bowls. Uh, Donnie Davis uh, was a tremendous factor in just filling us in on the spiritual nature of that team. And a lot of people think that that's not the case with the Patriots. But, man, uh, besides the Indianapolis Colts, who I've covered, 
over the years, the consistency of the spiritual leadership on the Patriots has been impressive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Donnie was definitely a catalyst when he was there um, in leading Bible studies and, and players' chapels. You know, the, the great thing about the Patriots, what people don't know, is um, the relationship. I mean, I think some of the, even more important than the Super Bowl rings, I mean, I have great relationships with guys that I play with on those teams that will far outlast um, what we're able to accomplish on the field. And, you know, I'm still able to enjoy those. So there's a lot of value placed on relationships. Obviously, you know, the spiritual uh, growth on that team, which is something that, you know, you don't know publicly unless you're on the team. But it really uh, keeps guys pulling for each other. It really is what allows guys to have that unselfish attitude and able to sacrifice um, you know, for the team and, and for the greater good of uh, the success of the team. So I think um, that's really been a big key to their success, um, which, you know, definitely isn't really mentioned a lot in the media. But um, a guy that's been inside, you know, I know how important that is to that organization. Had the opportunity to interview Danny Woodhead. Um, Danny was running back, small college, wasn't drafted, he just signed a deal to go to San Diego, but when I met with him at Super Bowl, he was talking about the exact thing you were talking about in terms of the misnomer about the Patriots and the strong spiritual leadership, uh, Coach Belichick's ability to put together a group of guys that, that play as a team and win and are unselfish and really had a great time with him. Um, he's a perfect example, like so many players that Belichick goes and gets, and he seems to be able to take guys like yourself who came from other teams and other programs and meld them right into a winning attitude. Well, absolutely. I, I think, like you said, um, what people don't realize, even though um, Coach Belichick has a gift of finding those talents uh, like Danny Woodhead and, and, the, and the guys that you know other coaches seem to overlook, but he also puts a lot of emphasis on character. Um, and so the guys that come in here, you got to understand, are, are good character guys for the most part. And so those are the guys that really he depends on to kind of manage the locker room. And so he talks to the leaders. He does a great job of um, whatever message he wants to get across, you know, in that locker room. He goes to the Tom Brady, to the, to the leaders, to the Don Davises of the team, and they kind of – you know, take the guys that come in or the free agents, and that's why those guys are able to come in and gel. And you, you would think, man, how can he keep that type of chemistry uh, with all these different free agents and all these different guys continually? But it's the relationships, it's the character of the guys that he brings in, as well as, you know, obviously they're guys that are talented and they can play. Roman, you're on the other side. We talk a lot about this. Sold Out is all about taking guys that – made a name for themselves in their careers. Now, you know, you're focused your life on your wife and your two high school children and having a post-career and using your platform of those three Super Bowls. I saw how that worked a couple weeks ago when you came and spoke with us at our sold-out drug and alcohol program. Um, tell me why it's important uh, in anybody's life, no matter what you've accomplished before, to stay sharp and to continue to make a difference in people's lives every day and to focus on the now as opposed to, and that's hard to do as a former athlete and NFL athlete because everybody wants to talk about what you did in the past. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think, I mean, God blesses us as athletes to really um, make an impact on other people. I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And so for me to be blessed to play as long as I have and, 
and have the, the relationships and, and get this wisdom and learn so much, it's only right to share it and um, my experiences. And if I could help, you know, the young kids, you know, even starting with my own kids um, and just other youth out there with some of the mistakes that I made because the road wasn't, you know, always smooth. I mean, it, it was actually pretty tough at times. So um, if I'm able to share and help uh, another team uh, avoid some of the pitfalls that I dealt with, um, then that, that's great. And I think that's actually uh, our duty as athletes and as leaders in the community, even without, you know, still wearing the helmet, you know, um, you know, if I could still make some type of impact, although it may be a smaller platform, then I think, um, you know, that's my job to do that. Roman Pfeiffer, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. And if you want to see some of Roman's talks at the school a couple of weeks ago, uh, we'll have it up on our Facebook page tonight, Two Words Sold Out. You can hear a little bit of his talk with the juniors and seniors and the students of pre-prom program that we did, a sold-out drug and alcohol education program. Here's the deal, though. If you are in the Charlotte area or if you are in the North Carolina area or anywhere and you're concerned about your students having the opportunity to take advantage of extracurricular activities and you can't afford sports or maybe your school is getting ready to drop sports, you need to go to NAS. That's Ennis and Nancy A.S. NASAthletics.com and find out more about what Roman and their partners are doing. So appreciate you coming in, Roman. You're always welcome here or in our drug and alcohol program. You did such a great job, and we're going to look forward to continuing to let people know about how things are going with you. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.